0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Glitters of Life Podcast. I am your host, Rohit Kokne, And in this episode, we are going to have an exciting conversation. Glitters of Life Podcast is a place where we uh, unearth and uncover the stories which will inspire you, educate you, and entertain you as well. And today we have come up with a very interesting topic, which is women in leadership and why it matters. And for this particular episode, we have a very special guest with us, Shreez. Krusha Sahajwani Malkani. She's a multi passionate professional. And that is the thing that I love most about her. Uh, she is the director and head of Asia at sociable, uh, the author, uh, writer, and again, the life and confidence coach as well. So this is an interesting composition and Krusha, welcome on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Rohit.
0: It is my pleasure. So Krusha, this is an interesting topic that we have thought about having this conversation. And it is like, Women in leadership, white matters. So when I say this thing, white matters. What are your initial thoughts about it, and how do you see to it?
1: a oh, great place to start. Oh, so I'm going to be super transparent. This is a candid conversation. I think uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is why is that you know a question even today but it is it is a question we have to address so what i mean by why is it a question is we never ask men in leadership why does it matter (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, it's just like we need diversity in uh, leadership we need different kinds of leaders so i feel it's almost a question that answers itself in a lot of ways Uh, but of course if we go into details of why women make good leaders. uh, We can definitely talk about that. But that was my instant reaction.
0: (laughs) Definitely. So it always matters like women in leadership always have a greater chances of uh, giving a lot to the organization because uh, they bring a lot to the table is what I feel. So Krusha, uh, I would like to know from you, like what is the kind of style you follow with your leadership? And is it different from your male counterparts? How do you uh, Mm -hmm. like lead your people?
1: So I think personally for me, uh, at least, so I've been working for maybe 10, 11 years now, and I've been lucky to uh, be managing for half of that time. Um, And what I've come to learn of myself as a leader uh, through my own observation, as well as through people I've worked with, is um, I think I'm definitely assertive in the sense that there is a level of... uh, it doesn't mean you drop standards. There is a level of execution. Uh, I have a coaching mentality when it comes to, of course, I'm a certified coach so that comes across in the corporate world as well. Uh, yeah. That, you know, it's not about micromanaging. It's about letting, uh, you know, hiring the right people and then letting them shine and just coaching them to get their results. Uh, so I think that's another thing. Uh, I'm definitely, I try to be... I that's maybe the wrong word. I don't know how to be a different person at work and at home. Of course, we have different facets. I'm not exactly in the same element, uh, but I'm still the same person. Uh, So just because I'm at work, I'm not going to be unkind now or, you know, shout at people because apparently that's something that works. Um, So I think that's my personal style that being said i also think it's important to address the fact that not all women lead the same way and not all men lead the same way either Uh, we may have percentages of certain attributes that are higher basis research by gender uh, but we shouldn't be generalizing it because i think it harms both you know it's what happens is if you see a, a woman who's a leader we term her as aggressive if she's if that's not my style but it could be a style that works and you know just because she's a woman that doesn't mean that's not her style and similarly same for men you know I see a lot of men who uh, maybe are sensitive as people or that's how they lead as well and it's that's an effective style as well and it's not restricted to gender.
0: Exactly. And I'm seeing this uh, uh, thing, Krusha, that the things are changing quite dramatically. Uh, The kind of data we see, the kind of percentage of women inclusion we see into the organization, it is rising. So uh, you also said about uh, hiring the right kind of people and getting the work done. So uh, this question comes to my mind is like, which is important, the results or the people? And why is it so? Because then... Again, if you are hiring the right people, then only the outcome will be perfect. And at times it usually happens that if we again hire a kind of a person, he or she might not be able to give that uh, to that particular job. Well, so the results might again differ. So when you think about getting results or like who would you be placing up in the ladder? Like are they people or you would like be concerned about the results?
1: I really think they don't need to be mutually exclusive. I think obviously the best people in the right job, the best people for that job, I wouldn't say best people, but best people for that job will bring out the best results. And that also plays a role when we talk about women in leadership. We're not asking for, uh, you know, seats just to fill diversity you're hiring women because they do a fabulous job and they're going to get you the results. So it's not that hire women or choose a man in the position so you get your (laughs) results. You need to hire women and they'll get you the results and they are mutually beneficial. There's statistics enough to prove uh, that you're going to get good results by hiring the right people.
0: Exactly. That is a very valid point. So Krusha, you have been into uh, the work scenario since quite a long time. So I would like to know about your journey in brief so that uh, it will again give a lot of comfort to the people who are watching us because then again, it gives a sense of feeling that yes, even I am capable and I can also rise to the ladder because then uh, there is a kind of a feeling where I like people feel that no, they have certain privileges. So they have made up to the leadership position. So uh, definitely I would like to know from your journey, how did you start and where did you reach today? And what was your journey like?
1: Okay. I will try to sum it up. Um, So I started working very early. I started working when I was 19. Um, So I was studying. I was always a good student and uh, I didn't like science so I took commerce, because arts was not an option. (laughs) Uh, And when you were doing commerce, and if you were a good student, I did CA, Chartered Accountancy, because again, there was no other option (laughs) like we have today. Uh, But at the second level itself, which was the IPCC level, this was when I was 19. uh, I'd studied for it well, and I passed all the papers I gave. uh, But I didn't give the last paper on purpose because I realized I don't want to do this because if I pass and you know, if if you've studied hard enough, you'll write the paper. There's a good chance you might pass. And uh, then people would say, you know, everyone doesn't pass. You've got the chance to pass. Now just three years of articleship, get through it. It's just final CA, finish it, get the degree, then do something else. Um, I didn't want to do that. So I quit on an impulse Uh, I don't recommend it, but that was my journey. Uh, Luckily, it worked out well. I didn't have a plan. It's not like I quit saying I'm quitting because I want to do this in my life. Uh, That wasn't there either. I liked a lot of things, but it wasn't that one compelling uh, thing I left it for. Uh, So I I started, I I think I found an event job just because uh, I liked weddings and I thought maybe that's a good idea. I hated it. But (laughs) (laughs) one month in luckily that led me to, you know, PR company in the same building uh i worked there for about two two and a half years loved it um then decided it's time to leave uh then worked at a social media agency got a promotion didn't take it decided it's time to leave decided i get to study i went to study um then i got myself a job in paris uh went there, worked, a uh, few months in, decided eventually I want to come back to the country, uh, made a plan to get that company to India, uh, got it here, and I've been growing it ever since. Um, and side by side, I've always been a writer, so I've been writing. Um, I just released my first novel, so <laughs> that's uh, big for me this month, finally. Um, Also got certified as a coach and did all of that. So I think it's been a mix. Uh, I'd only add, you know, when you said, for example, that when you look at people who achieve something and then you feel there's a sense of privilege, I do want to be, uh, you know, transparent about it that I think that I do believe I did have a lot of privilege because I I grew up in, uh, in Bombay. which is the bubble of India. And even within Bombay, I grew up in South Bombay, which is an even bigger (laughs) bubble. Uh, You know, my grandparents were able to to send me abroad to study when I wanted to. Um, So I think that is privilege. That is privilege that I didn't have financial debt on my head uh, when I was making these choices. So they might seem brave, um, but I do think, I do believe, and I I can't say because I've not been in that position, but I do believe that no matter where you are, uh, privilege matters. It gives you a head start, but then anyone can do it.
0: Absolutely. And your journey seems to be an quite exciting one, because exciting in terms of like you have done a lot of things. And that really amazes me because then even I was pursuing Chartered Accountancy, I couldn't clear and then I had to quit it at some point of time. That is the factor we discussed in our chat. So uh, it is always an interesting thing, because if you aren't uh, giving your best then you always have to think like what you're good at and then start pursuing that grow up uh, into that particular environment and see how you can impact uh, that particular thing so it is great thing to do and see uh, like it is not the kind of a thing that if you have stuck at something then you'll be stuck at the other thing as well exactly yeah, you just have to grow into that thing. You just I don't have think to... I
1: would have been the best CA. So that's <laughs> proof that you know, you, you can be good at one thing and not so good at another. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So you being a multi passionate uh, professional, I have been uh, quite the same because I used to do a lot of things uh, side by side, but it is again, you just have to balance all the things. Yeah. So if you're doing a lot of things, then You have the kind of a culture where your parents will be saying that, uh, please focus on something which will yield results. So you just have to be in a very important place where you feel that, yes, uh, they are giving a chance to grow and then you are growing accordingly. So great way to know. And you also talked about privileges. So you worked in Paris and then brought that particular company to India and you're growing that again. So uh, what I want to ask you is that how women are contributing to the sustainability, innovation and legacy into that particular domain. So uh, what kind of culture you have established for that particular company? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think so. It was, it's been a privilege to uh, be able to get the company to India. Of course, everything takes work. uh, I don't I didn't know anyone in that country when I went to France right. uh, I didn't know anybody it was I built it and then I had to sign some some work in india before i told them you know you need to come to india uh, so obviously it took work uh, what it gave me the opportunity to do as a leader was grow my own team so i worked alone for a while at the company okay. here until we hired our first person two years in and then you know build the team uh, what it's allowed me to do is like i said i'm able to uh, you know, grow the team, build the culture, the way I function, which is with empathy. Um, and I actually get it. Uh, I'm literally just translating what I learned from my CEO, um, who's a man. And okay. uh, he leads <laughs> with empathy, with kindness, with assertiveness. Um, and that really matches my personality. And I've been able to mirror that. So again, goes to show it's very gender agnostic. He's not you know, it doesn't lead with aggression or what you would feel is a male trait, which I don't think it is. Uh, so I get to mirror that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So does it even happen at times? Like when you are conversation with your boss, then you might be having a different point of view and then you're putting front your point of view. Does he have to agree on that particular thing? Or what is the kind of a conversation you usually have? Because then again, you are leading uh, the director position and you are the head of Asia. So you might be having a certain strategy for scaling that particular business in uh, the Asian region. And he might be having some different opinion about that particular strategic decisions. So has it ever happened that you get into a kind of a uh, like strategic conflict, I would term it as, and then you make a point over there.
1: I think that's also where it's very important to be at a place where, you're respected and where there's room for every voice. And again, you know, whether it's my CEO, whether it's the people we hire in general, the culture is very uh, flat hierarchy. It's very uh, everyone can have an opinion. You're hired because you're. I'm hired because I'm from here because I understand the market because I've built my expertise here. Uh, so he always listens to what I have to say. It doesn't mean we have to always agree. Uh, yeah. Obviously, like you said, uh, you know there are people above you for a reason. They've been there longer or they've done more. Uh, so you you discuss it and then you come to a mutual conclusion, but you always, if I think if I never gave my opinion, then there was no point of me being there.
0: So. <laughs> right. So that is, again, I wanted to ask because then uh, we do have different point of view. We do have different perspectives. And when two people are working in a very different fashion, it might arise a kind of a situation where you just have to see where you are pivoting and then make a the best use of that particular decision. Yeah. So krusha uh, what do you think uh, are the barriers when we talk about the female leadership? Because then again, we have seen that the number is rising day by day. More and more female leaders we are seeing in the leadership position. But then there still remains some kind of barriers. And due to some reasons, uh, they just have to quit the workforce or anything can happen. So what are the usual barriers that you see into the industry?
1: Honestly, if I had to pick one, it's a very clear winner. It's the leaky bucket. Uh, that we call this enough statistics we are increasing the number of women in the workforce uh, we are not increasing the number of women in leadership as much yeah, at yeah, all uh, that. and it's because of mainly the leaky bucket that i've seen leaky bucket is basically the concept that we lose a lot of women from the workforce uh, after maternity yeah and uh, i think that is probably the biggest barrier we have as uh, as not just india but overall in the globe but especially in india the numbers are even more exactly uh, that's probably the the biggest one if i had to pick one
0: Okay, but then how we can improve that or like what would be your see, uh, it might happen, like if you're not into that particular, particular situation, then few people might be dealing with the same situation. But then again, coming back to the workforce is what we all need into that particular thing. So uh, how we can promote that particular culture so that if people uh, are leaving that particular job at that moment, uh, it usually happens, we are not uh, assured like whether they will be back or not. But then again, they have contributed well to the organization and into their position as well so uh, how we can bring them back if such kind of situations arise or what would be uh, your strategy for that
1: i think there are both sides to it so one is at the organization level where organizations need to have more uh, policies but mostly execution of the policies i think yeah. we have a lot of policies um, but we need to execute them uh, which is you know, not having a hiring bias. If you hire someone who uh, who maybe just found out they're pregnant or, is, or just got married, forget, just found out they're pregnant. Maybe they got married and you assume that they're going to have a baby, <laughs> right? There's so much of that that happens. Uh, so one is that also policies. I feel like we need policies for men. Yeah. Give more paternity leave. Paternity leave is a joke. Give more paternity True. leave. How having a child is a very big transition. It is something that needs time. There is a reason we have maternity leave. It needs time. It's not a vacation. And if you don't give paternity leave, then obviously, uh, automatically, the father has to be in the if it's the same sex couple, the father has to be in uh, at work and the mother has to be at home because someone has to be somewhere. Yeah. So we need, uh, more policies for men. We need paternity leave. Um, I think it will make life better for both genders. I think even men feel the, you know, when you're becoming a parent, financial burden is as big. You have yeah. a lot of uh, expenses, especially today. Raising a child is not, uh, it's not cheap. It's expensive. Uh, I think if you can share the burden both financially and at home it makes both people's lives better so I'd say one is organization level and then the other is at home which is also big Um, especially you know it is we we do come from a patriarchal culture yeah in in India we're still we've come a long way but even I'm telling you I stay in South Bombay and even in South Bombay there is uh, there are multiple families where it's not the woman's career is not seen as as important or as soon as she has a child, it's suddenly not as important. So even at home, I think it's very important for, uh, for us to make sure we're not making, you know, rolling our eyes if the husband's in the kitchen or uh, like I'm i I have married one of the best men I know he you know he much better cook than I am he would be hands-on with you know all these different things and I think the more we have that uh the more the because there's only one your hours don't change you're still the same human being yeah so unless someone shares that load at home uh you can't share the load at work it's not possible
0: exactly uh There might be a common thing to do at home, but then it is all like uncommon with the work you are doing because they can't step into our shoes and do our work. It is all about like the kind of professional work we are doing, but at home, uh, we can just uh, distribute our time and get that work done. So again, uh, you talked a very valid point about uh, establishing a culture where people are respected, where people are included, then moving ahead with the kind of a culture, uh, what do you see or like how we can develop a culture where people feel like they belong here, they can commit mistakes are not and not afraid about it, and how they can achieve their goal through that. So if we have to talk about culture in depth, what would be um, your mindset around that?
1: I think culture is huge, but in specific to what you said, of course, people, you know, in specific to people not being uh, afraid of making mistakes or things like that, um, I think, you know, you have the right culture if people... uh, are honest about mistakes immediately they don't feel like they need to hide it or go to 10 other people before they come to you uh, so i think i feel like there's good culture if, if someone's messed up in some way they take responsibility for it they come to you and together they know they can trust you to find a solution it's not that you keep making mistakes and no one is going to tell you anything <laughs> of course people will but the culture is more that you know okay now we go into solution mode yeah. together
0: Exactly. Because then we have to be our authentic self is what I feel. Uh, Be it any position, be it like a male or female, again, we just have to go in and play uh, accordingly. And I feel uh, I always feel that whatever work we are doing, uh, the impact uh, matters a lot, because how wide is the impact will play a larger role rather than what role you are into. Because then uh, still like people at ground labor are putting a lot of work and they're creating impact, we get inspired from them. And again, we try to do better into that particular leadership position and then uh, that is how it rises. Okay. Uh, so Krusha, I have been loving this conversation because it is exactly the way I wanted to have it. And now we are going to move forward with uh, the thing. Uh, if you had to question a few of the things like, uh, does the company values the women in leadership? So how would you question them or what questions you would be asking to yourself to know about like, are they really valuing women in leadership?
1: I think uh, one, I mean, statistics don't hide. So first you need to see, are there women in leadership? <laughs> so uh, that's, all, you know, almost you can see that immediately. Obviously, also when you talk to these women, you need to see that there's diversity there too. You know, are we, are we honoring women in their complete life journey do you also have mothers do you also have uh, single mothers do you do you also have fathers who have work-life balance like these are the different things that i would i would see because it's easy to say that you know i'm i'm hiring a woman and i'm promoting a woman in leadership uh, but then the only kind of women you're promoting in leadership is someone who's chosen not to have a family for
0: example yeah. right
1: uh, so i think those are telltale signs
0: Exactly. And I have seen like many people are getting into leadership position. But then again, how many are staying uh, up there for a like considerable period of time that again creates a question because then if you're just seeing them for a, like an year or two, then it just doubts Definitely, what kind yeah. of a policy company is following and how they want to promote that because we just don't want the inclusion for a considerable period of time, like say for like one year, two year or five year, yeah. we want them to lead, set the example and create a kind of a culture or create a kind of a diversity into that particular organization, which will contribute to the growth. And uh, I would like to just relate to this, like you talked about the uh, diversity uh, like segment as well. So how does women in leadership add up to the diversity, like the profitable segment of the company? when we include them so what is their contribution into the profitability how it changes when male are leading and women are leading like so uh, with respect to the profitability
1: so I think I mean I again I wouldn't put it by gender I would just say that the more we have both genders and not both we have many more genders the more we have more diversity in leadership in your overall all your teams it's you're going to have you know, newer ideas for the same thing, you're going to get newer personality traits that come together and help you. So for example, every time I'm hiring um, someone, each time I've hired to build a team, I'm looking for someone to fill a skill I don't have, or that the current team does not have. right? So That's what diversity gives you. It gives you someone who's going to think differently from you. And at the end of the day, you're servicing whatever you're selling. You're servicing clients uh, who are also diverse at the end of the day. So the more new ideas you have, it's, it's natural to assume that you're going to come up with better projects. You're going to see better results at the end of it
0: exactly and what i feel is that women are way better in handling the finances is what i understand because then i here they... so
1: i'm not going to say it but that's what I hear. which is ironic in india because there's such few women who uh manage their own expenses while if they are at their at a company in the role they're doing a fabulous job and it's only because they don't uh we're not we are uh, when I say they, we, we've not been brought up with the idea that uh, money is our responsibility. I think I've worked for so long, and it still took me a while uh, for me to get my hands dirty and say, okay, I, I need to take control of my own finances. It's not that I mean, I had my own bank account, but it's more <laughs> than that, right? You have your father or your husband who's looking into, uh, the, you know, where to invest or what to do. And, Every year I learn a little more and take more control. It takes a lot of unlearning. It didn't come as uh, naturally to me also.
0: Exactly. And we have been conditioned or we have been taught in a particular way that uh, whatever money you are putting into a company or something, if you are leading that, or if you're owning that particular company, it is uh, the male money or the uh, money bought by your fathers or earned by your husband or something. We don't give that flexibility. We don't give that full authority to the women that yes, you own this particular money, what you want to do and do it in a well fashion. So this is how I feel that uh, if you're putting a lot of responsibility uh, over them, then they will be very cautious about them, then they will be in a position that they're investing in the right way and make conscious decision because then all it takes is to be uh, invest that in a particular fashion that will reap rewards in near future.
1: Exactly it's just about mindset there's no doubt yeah. that women would do it as well uh, <laughs> it's just about the mindset you know you grow up with the mindset that and it's not always a negative it's uh, it's a hidden negative because it's most of the time it's like don't worry about that that's not your lookout you don't need to worry about that that's always the conversation in our homes for women around money you know i'll take care of that you focus exactly. on, on this exactly so yeah. we have to we have to change that and rewire
0: Exactly. That is the case. And Krusha, uh, who were the women uh, who were like you were inspired from and why they did inspire you? Because then I would like to know whether they were from the industry or they were like your mother, uh, your sister or anywhere around you so that we can get insight like people who are not just working into the industry may also inspire you or like the other people as well.
1: I think for me, the biggest one definitely was my mother. I saw her uh, really come into her own. When I was 15, my parents got divorced. And uh, I mean, it's not like there was a big need or it was not a, you know, I'm still taking care of my grandparents, everything, but uh, there was suddenly this need for uh, my mother to to Change the way she lived her life right that she's lived it in one way and I really saw she's always been a super positive person but to to see her come into her own uh, she's a teacher she was always a teacher but at a very small scale to really like focus on that expand that do it with passion make money take care of money take care of us at the same time Uh, you know I saw it in action uh, in when I was growing up in the years that I probably needed to see it most or that it would impact me most Uh, so that was definitely the biggest for me uh, because she always made it seem like you can do it all Uh, I'm obviously lucky that for, and that's a generational thing also that for me I was given that option very early on that you know you can do it all Uh, but yeah I think that was the biggest for me but I was also very lucky my first job um, when I started doing public relations I had an amazing manager and an all-girls team which was very rare exciting Uh, it was they're still one of my best friends. I still uh, you know, talk to them all the time. And it was such an empowering experience at 19 and my first job to see like a team of just a small company, but like five people in this team head by um, an amazing lady and the whole team being just women. So I think I got the taste of that very early on.
0: Exciting, and do you want to share any characteristics or the qualities uh, like you admire most from them? Because then again, uh, that is something which makes special contribution in our life, and we just try to see that we include those qualities and work accordingly.
1: So I think I've so I've seen this in a lot of uh, leaders who are women in my experience. Again, I don't want to generalize, but I've seen this in a lot of women. Um, one, they are they are more. Uh, Team players, generally, yeah. in the sense they—I don't know if it's the way we we've grown up or what it is—and again, I'm not generalizing, but I've just seen it a lot, and I feel it also when I'm in those situations. You you want to, you know you make sure everyone's taken care of, everyone's growing. Uh, you're you're looking out for the collective good, which is a great quality to have in a leader if you're looking yeah. to hire someone. Um, i so that's i think that's the biggest one i've seen i also think now more than ever that leadership style is really useful because uh, you know we went through the pandemic it it changed a lot for everybody today um, i think since the pandemic our our problems have changed both, yeah. both as individuals and as companies uh, mental health huge you take gen z who's <laughs> going to be most of your hires uh, you would know. So Gen Z, <laughs> super talented, right? They have yeah. so much information. Exactly. They're coming with skills. Uh, they they are probably going to have better skills than me. They're
0: so quick as that, well.
1: That's not what they need from me as a leader. Yeah. Uh, they're not here for me to teach them a specific kind of tech. They know it before I know it. Exactly. What they need is they have different challenges. They are struggling with There is so much information, there's so much skills. The negative of that is they've been exposed to so much so early on that there is, uh, you know, mental health issues. There is a sense of anxiety that comes in early. And I've seen that so many times. And that's something they need. They need a stabling force there. They need uh, to work with people who can be kind while still value them in their ways um, and i think that's something i've seen women be really good at and again i've seen some men be really good at it as well so again not gender uh, but i do think that you know uh, maybe because women, i don't know whether they're brought up that way they're bringing people up in their houses whatever they're doing uh, they have that instinct that intuition that ability uh, And I've seen that sometimes all you need to do as a leader in the current time is someone's going through a horrible time personally. And we are not machines. We don't work in a way where you can switch off completely your personal feelings, your personal life when you come to work. Yes, you draw a line. uh, But if I'm completely an anxious wreck because of something that's happening, I am not going to be able to perform at the same level. And at that time, I'm not looking for a leader to teach me some skill. I am just looking for them to maybe be able to listen to me, maybe be able to give me the space and not judge me and allow me to then come back into my own and do the best job I can.
0: Exactly. That has changed a lot. And I see that JNC are very quick learners, they are applying it and they're just uh, resolving that particular situation or whatever problem arises, they are just uh, being all in and solving that particular thing. So yeah, we just uh, take a lot of qualities from them and the people around us and see what can kind of changes they can bring to the organization and the people we are working with. They always inspire us.
1: Definitely. Lots to learn.
0: Exactly. And Krusha, uh, the things have changed, we are moving into the particular fashion, like uh, there is a the hybrid culture, and women are still able to work from home and mm-hmm. contribute to the home chores as well. So that has been a game changer. And even you being a creator on social media platform like LinkedIn, which is one of the leading platform, uh, how has your life changed with respect to that? And in what way you think that social media can contribute uh, to the larger role uh, of women in leadership like?
1: I think uh, so. I've worked in startups most of my life. I've not really worked in big corporates yet. And uh, maybe it was what I was drawn to. But I think I had the opportunity to work remotely before the pandemic as well. So. While not at the same scale, yes, when I was working in my first two jobs long ago, uh, I was definitely going to office every day. No one had heard of uh, hybrid or remote, Uh, but especially because also I started, I brought a company to India on my own. I was working alone for two years, so it really didn't matter where I was. (laughs) I just needed to work. Uh, So I got a taste of it very early on. And I always saw uh, a lot of power in it. Now, of course, I was not at a stage where I had kids or, you know, I can understand how much that would be helpful. But even without that, it was uh, giving me time to exercise. I was not stuck in traffic. I was just more productive. I still feel like... I, go to office once a week with my team the rest of the uh, week we work from home I think we are all super productive Uh, we have digital to to be in touch to get work done and we are measured on value I don't need to know you know every minute where every employee is I just need to know that the work is done uh, and that they're okay so uh, I think it's been super empowering that being said uh, I remember when remote work really came in full swing during the pandemic uh, it actually wasn't helping women that much at that yeah. point because we were in a situation where again this is indian context but you know house help was not there or uh, we a lot of people live in bigger families they don't live uh, alone it's not nuclear uh, so a lot of the the burden at home came on their shoulders and then there was also obviously layoffs and things like that and usually the layoffs are higher with women because they're already being paid less so it's a whole cycle of multiple things Uh, but even then I thought and I think even more today now that time has passed that we are going to see the benefits of this change in uh, workplace the future of work present of work Uh, and it's going to be very beneficial for women I think.
0: Great. The transition is coming very healthily into the market is what I feel. And we have been given a liberty so that when the liberty comes into picture, we are very free to utilize that in a very particular fashion so that it gives a sense of confidence that yes, we can do that particular thing. And we don't have to move our ass off from our chair. We can just uh, stick there. We can work, we can earn. And that is what is needed in current situation. It's
1: changing, I think, The because for a very long time, the dialogue was that your, uh, your worth in terms of professional worth or yeah. what you're giving or your salary or anything is based on the number of hours you put into, you have to log in and you have to log out. Right? You have to clock in, clock out. That was <laughs> a thing across yeah, industries yeah. more in some than others, still pertinent in a lot of industries. I think that changes also plays a very level playing ground because now if I have, let's say I have a child and then I need the ability to be able to get up between meetings and be with my child. If I, if I didn't have remote work as a policy in the company, then I was asking for a favor. But yeah. now that everyone has it, it's no longer a favor. So there's no longer bias or I'm not seen as a liability. Exactly. It's so, and I'm not, and that's not used to pay me lesser or slip me up for a promotion or things like that so i think right. that really helps
0: exactly and the other day i was listening to this podcast by michelle obama and she was in conversation with a guest and she was they were talking about like who should be given uh, what kind of attention and who uh, gets that particular attention so if a woman is having a kid and if that particular person calls then you just have to attend uh, her or him uh, if He or she is calling you because then again, they are your first priority and the work should not come in between that particular thing. But then again, there are instances where you have to focus, but then again, your priorities should be set accordingly. And when you're working as a woman, it is all about uh, doing everything and still getting uh, respect for that so that should not uh, i think so i
1: think it's going to change and i i really believe in both the both the women of our country and the organizations that this is going to happen honestly if a woman can give go through labor and go through everything that follows before and after in those two years then i really think you can trust her to do whatever office job you need her (laughs) to do because uh also women are very more than required generally uh hesitant to uh, commit to take up something or to say yeah. they're really good at something so if they're telling you they're going to do it the chances that they're going to do it are quite high
0: exactly they just have to voice their opinion and it should be bang on the target is what i feel and
1: they need that trust they also need that that trust they need that environment, right? like yeah. I said, I can speak up or I can ask for something I want because that's the kind of environment I've chosen. So the more more such environments are popping up, the more choices women have, and they're not only saying, imagine if there were ten options of job offers, but only one of them provided remote work. then I, I don't really have a choice, do I, if I'm a mother at that yeah. point. So now that more and more companies are giving that, at least I have options to choose from as a woman, everyone's going to have that.
0: I do agree to that. So uh, were there any uh, instances or situations in your life or you feel that someone would have advised you better in your career? Like this is not you have to proceed. So were there any kind of moments into your life as well?
1: Honestly, they must be full of them because I think a lot of my decisions were very, uh, I always followed my gut. I did take calculated risks, though I'm not, I was not the kind of person who just jump off the cliff. Um, So I did take calculated risks. It's not like obviously I had to it money mattered i had to make money i knew my contribution matters to everything i do maybe not as much my life but as time goes ahead uh, it does matter in my life if i want to pay for a trip i want to take it i need to earn it or if i want to have a child i need to pay for it if i want to uh, then pay for the child's education i need to pay for it so obviously it matters like for example i always wanted to be an author uh but it took me time to get to that journey and I didn't leave everything and become an author because I knew I couldn't it wouldn't pay the bills it wouldn't do those things so I had to find a balance um I think now as because I'm a coach as a certified coach what I love about coaching that's why I chose coaching and not counseling like a career counselor or a mentor uh, tells you what they think you should do uh, whereas a coach sits with you, partners with you on your goals and helps you figure out what you want. So I still think that's the best thing. So I'm sure people would have had a lot of advice for me, but I enjoy that this was the path I created. Maybe if coaching was a thing early on in the day, that would have helped because I would have someone professional to uh, reflect with, to uh, you know partner with. Maybe it would have accelerated something, uh, but otherwise... I don't think there's one right answer. As a coach, I feel like you and I could be in the same situation, but two different answers could be the answer to what we should be doing.
0: That can totally happen. And I agree to whatever all you said, because then even if I'm just uh, into this particular position as a podcaster, people do have this kind of notion, like, uh, are your bills getting paid uh, through this or something like that. But then again, that shouldn't be the situation, or that shouldn't be the case always. You would need to enjoy your work. You need to be in a position where you can inspire millions out there. So, if any one person is going to watch this particular thing and gets inspired from or educated from this, then we are adding value. And for that, uh, like, it does get paid into that particular fashion, like. The value added gets uh, like knocked off with everything that you do in your life. And again, we need to have something. So when I'm into the business, I'm just having my own income and then doing something passionately again can give you a kind of creativity boost. So everyone uh, as a person should look at this factor as well, like how they can keep their creative aspect alive and use that as well. So you have done in the similar fashion, like being a coach and author, uh, the life has come to the full circle is what I believe.
1: Yeah, I think it's honestly, I feel like it's always a work in progress. Every year I look back and one more dot connects. Um, yeah. I don't think it's fully connected. Uh, <laughs> there's still things that are connecting and new things that are going to join and some things that I'll drop, uh, but it's a work in progress. And like you said, I just try to balance out, you know, take a job that you enjoy. So it's not, I love my day job. Um, I have no, it's not like a toxic place or something I'm only doing to pay the bills. Um, And then I write on the side and I coach on the side and all of it contributes, as you said, in different ways to your life.
0: Yeah. So Krusha, uh, we are about to end this episode and we are on glitters of life podcast. So the name glitters of life is quite special for me because then through this particular name, I'm trying to add a lot of value. I'm trying to change uh, the perspectives. I'm trying to shape up the kind of attitude people might be having. So if you have to think about this particular name, glitters of life and define a life of yours or like, would you like to sum up something about your life with respect to glitters of life? How would you relate? To that.
1: That's such an interesting question. I'm going to, before I answer it, I'm going to ask you a question. So how did universe of life come up? What was the mindset behind the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you being a host, I have to answer this. <laughs> so this was interesting. Like we all go through kind of a situations where you feel that something is missing in your life. And then you try to fill by doing something. So it is again, like when you take action. And that particular action doesn't give you the kind of results you were expecting. But still, there is a brighter side to it. There is the other side to it. The life doesn't uh, come to an end. And you're not fixing anything. You are not broken. You just have to give a different kind of opportunity for yourself and see that you can create an impact. And people will be proud of uh, you, whatever you are doing in your life. So what I feel is that, our life is quite alive, we just have to feel it. And that is how we just have to add glitters to it. So that is how the glitters of life came into existence. And I have been calling it as my brand name or something like that. But then this name stays close to my heart.
1: I love it. Thank you. I wanted to hear the story. Okay, I will answer your question. Uh, I think I really align with that thought because for me, I've always been again, I probably saw it in my mother uh, ever since I was a child. But it's a very big part of who i am uh, that I, I tend to look for the silver lining or see the glass half full if you even go to my coaching website that's what i talk about i say there's no way i can know the other side i can only know my story i can't uh, i can't be in someone else's shoes literally uh, yeah. so i always tell people that i think i'm super lucky and maybe i am maybe i got a couple of things but uh, it depends on where you look and. You know, I can sit down and count. Oh, my parents got divorced. Oh, I had psoriasis when I was a kid. Oh, I uh, you know I had my share of heartbreaks as well as all of us do. Um, I had a I didn't have one clear uh, goal in my career, and you know I had to figure it out <laughs> you yeah. the way, and so on, so on. That list can go on, and then there's the other list, which is you know uh, the skills that I was born with, the skills I got to hone the my my health and so many other things, uh, you know, I married the love of my life, all these things that happened to me and I just choose to focus on that. Uh, it doesn't mean also I feel it's important to say it's not toxic positivity. It's not saying that you need to be in the best mood every day, every yeah. minute of every day, but it's just realizing that yes, there are multiple emotions. You can feel angry, you can feel sad, you can feel all of that, but you don't stay in that and you the perspective on pain or, uh, you know, they say purposeful pain. And again, maybe childbirth is the best example. You know, when you're, I, I feel like the fact that a person can go through that is only because they know what's coming. So they they don't obsess over just the pain. They think of the pain and say, yes, I'm not saying this is not painful. This sucks. But at the <laughs> same time, it's leading to something. So there's meaning behind everything that happens
0: exactly thank you for defining that particular fashion and that was quite relatable because then everyone would be able to relate to that and we had a great conversation and that is all what we needed to have because then again it does matter women in leadership and if i have to take away key points or something like that there are uh, many to it and but then i love the entire conversation i love the way you shared your perspective and definitely it will elevate the kind of confidence we wanted to boost through this particular episode. So thank you so much for being over here and I wish you all the best for your future endeavors.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I hope if a lot of uh, girls, women, whoever is listening into this, that uh, we see all of them and a lot more of them in the workforce and in leadership.
0: Exactly. And Krusha, you have been uh, like inspiring millions out there through your content. So thank, thank you for welcome. being a kind of a person uh, over there. And that truly reflects the kind of personality you own. So be the same and keep guiding us.
1: Thank you so much. Every time someone tells me that, I, I'm honestly just like, it's just gratitude. I love writing. I love talking. Uh, I'm grateful and lucky that people uh, get to listen to it. And the fact that they are inspired by it is just like bonus.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And that is the reason I love to uh, host a podcast because then I get to have this unfiltered conversation with the people who I admire. And that just brings out a different kind of a mindset in my life as well. So again, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay happy and stay healthy. You too. Thank you.